ride with me in my foul life. Podcast world, what's up? Chad Belding back at you. Another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you all so much for the support. It's truly been humbling to see how strong, how fast our audience is growing. Coming off our sister podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody. Um, I can't explain it, how uh, just mesmerizing it is for me to see those numbers every week and have all the emails and all of the direct messages coming in on the topics and the themes that you all want to hear about. We're trying to uh, keep it fresh every week and bring you different themes from across the country, different guests, and a wide range of topics, guys, all ducks, all geese, all the time, the Foul Life Podcast. Again, thank you all so much. Today, my guest is the one and only Jared Moffitt from Honey Break, Louisiana, one of the greatest duck hunting destinations in the country and the world. He's the head guide. He's the habitat manager. He runs Storm and SRS. He won the Amateur of the Year in the Super Retriever Series. He's a hell of a duck hunter, a hell of a dog handler, and best of all, hell of a man. I'm humbled and happy to call him a friend. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Honey Break. Drew Keith, Jared, the whole crew down there, Miss Shelley, every one of the guides, every one of the cooks, every single person in this crew is so loving, so caring, and so passionate about their job every day. They are truly a family that has one goal in mind, and that is the satisfaction and the happiness of their customers. They go above and beyond on a daily basis. Uh, I love being down here. I love how they welcome us with open arms, and they pretty much roll out the red carpet, not just for us, but every client that spends their hard-earned money to book a hunt at Honey Break. So if you're looking for an opportunity to see ducks, see a campfire, eat unbelievable Cajun meals, meet unbelievable human beings, and just live that culture, that lifestyle, the American duck hunter, book it with Honey Break. Live the Honey Break experience. You can check out their TV show right now on the Realtree 365 app, the Honey Break experience, and Jared Moffat is a big part of that. Today's episode is also brought to you by Benelli Shotguns. We all know they are simply the best. I don't have to explain it. The Super Black Eagle 3, the M220 gauge, two of my favorites, but they got so many guns. The diverse selection for all of your upland, all of your waterfowl, all of your home defense. Benelli, thank you guys so much. And last but not least, Federal Premium Black cloud absolutely the best patterning shotgun shell for waterfowl i have ever shot i can't i can't explain the new tss the black cloud it is all just unbelievable jerry would you agree with that talk to me just about the results of uh, what you see with black cloud oh there's no doubt about it i mean a little showcasing went on this morning there i had some clients there and you know they were shooting black cloud which few of them missed a few, but it's just unreal, the impact when you do hit the duck with the TSS, what it does. It's just, it's hammer time. Wow. And, and I think over. that with a guy like you that has, um, you're running big groups. You're, you guys got big blinds. You guys are, I, I, is, it, is it safe to say the average is between six and ten clients in a, in a blind, or is that is that high? Well, you know, it's like a lot of days I run six clients and two guides, and then I got some blinds I'm running eight and ten, just depending on what kind of party they come in and how they want to hunt. I also got blinds that it's only two clients. Depends on the, the customer and how they want to hunt. I like to hunt big parties. I like to kill big numbers of ducks and see big wads finish. You're a big, better shooter in a group, aren't yeah, you, buddy? And, and uh, big <laughs> big wads fall. Yeah, I, I like love to that. see them hit the water. And uh, it's very important that you're shooting a good ammunition to clean up. You know, killer cripples. I don't want to work my dogs real hard, especially now that's uh, – that is swimming water. It's a lot of swimming water. You know, the water's got deep, so they picking up 30 to 
48 birds every morning, 54 to 60 some morning. So I don't want to have to swim no further than they have to to get it. So I want to crush them when they hit the water. I love hearing that. And the deal is, is that if you got six to eight, 10 guys shooting, you got 20 jacks come in or 15 pintail come in and they all get into them and you got seven, eight, 10 dead ducks on the water, that dog's swimming his butt off, Storm's doing his job. You guys have some unbelievable high caliber dogs here at Honey Break. The more time that that dog is chasing a cripple, you got more birds trying to work. Your clients are probably getting frustrated. If they're dead, Storm brings them in, boom, 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 boom. And with Black Cloud, you don't get a lot of cripples. You are going to run into the occasional cripple, but you, just like you just said, if it's a shot that's, you know, 35 yards, 40 yards, that duck's dead, it's in Storm's mouth, it's back in Jared's hand, the clients are happy because Jared's working the next group of ducks, right? That's right. Get them, get in. Get in quick as you can, and we're going to get some more. And yep. that's, that's what we work hard for all summer, shoot the right ammunition, shoot the right guns, and have the right gear. And that's what we all work hard to do to make it the best experience we can for our customers. You heard it right there from Jared Moffitt's mouth. Today's episode is brought to you by Honeybreak Benelli and Federal Premium Black Cloud. Please support the partners and sponsors that support us, our TV shows, our podcast, our social media, our live events. Again, thank you guys so much. Please subscribe to both podcasts. Tell a friend, leave us a rating and review. Jared, here's a question I got for you. I've known you five, six years. Do you ever have a bad day during duck season? I'm not talking about the whole year. I know you might have some stress. You got a family, you got babies, but do you ever have a bad day? It ain't, it's not a bad day. If I woke up and I'm breathing and I'm right with the man above and I get to see another duck fall, I'm just as hungry tomorrow morning to see one fall as I did when I say, when I was six years old, it's no bad day in my office out in that duck blind and watching ducks finish and get right. If I zero, it's still a day that's real good to me. I don't plan on zero and hadn't none this year and hadn't in a long time and don't plan on seeing those zeros. But if I did, it's all about the experience and the camaraderie and the good times and watching the sunrise and, and just everything that takes place in the duck blind and seeing all the hard work that we everybody here puts in all year long and all summer to pay off when we get in that duck blind and the plan comes together. And it's just, it don't get no better than that. There's no such thing as a bad day in I the duck world. I love hearing that. It's in, in what I see about you and the crew you're running and how you work so well with, with your crew and with Drew and the, the chemistry is this. And this is what it comes down, and I saw it today. When, I, when they pulled up to pick us up this morning, and I looked at the Polaris's. I was like, good night. These things, it looks like opening day. And to me, that tells the whole story of how you run your operation from the organization, the communication, the preparation, which is key. We're going to get into all that, but you don't cut corners and it's easy to cut corners as a waterfowl hunter because you can always find an excuse, man, I'm tired. I got to get some breakfast. I got to get a nap. I got to get a shower. I got to get my waders dried out. You guys are just nonstop. And it shows with the results, the success of this place, the growth of this place, the, the, the amount of ducks that you're harvesting because of the well-planned preparation. But talk to me a little bit about how it's a non-stop it's just revolving it's if you cut corners something's going to catch up with you if a client shows up and he sees that that polaris hasn't been washed or it's you know that the, the pride hasn't been taken and it shows a lot of pride when a polaris rolls up and you know it's been going almost 60 days and it looks like it just come off the dealer lot how important is that to you as a person and as a boss and as a representative flying this honey break flag that's right you know we me and drew say it in all our staff 
think this way. The key to the season is the off season. And we're going to work hard during the off season to be able to do the best we can during our season. But we're going to control everything we can control. So a lot of things we can't control if the ducks are here or not. We're going to put everything we can into it to make it happen, though. But we can control how well the bikes maintain, how clean the blinds are, how good the decoy spreads are, how good we manage the habitat. Now, we can't control if the Lord's throws us a curveball or a strike, he may send us in here five inches of rain tomorrow and it floods out. But we're going to do everything we can to be putting floaters in there so you can hunt comfortably, have boats where we can get to the blinds comfortably. We're going to do everything we got control of to make sure that you come here to Honey Break, you're going to have a great experience. And it's going to be right and tight and finish well. When you start thinking about your daily duties, are you exhausted right now, or do you really have this unfound energy this many years into your hunting career? How old are you, 35, 40? 45. 45, you're my age. <laughs> yeah. Do you get tired? Is a um, nap a necessity every day, or do you? does this burning passion make it to where you can sleep when you're dead kind of attitude? Well, I, I, I really don't. I, I probably may say I'm tired uh, once a year, and that may be the last day of duck season, but – as Mr. Ryan, one of the owners here one time, he said, he said, hey, you're, not, you're not tired? And I said, well, I am, but I'm thinking about next year right now. Tomorrow, February the 1st starts next year, is what I told him. I said, so now we're getting ready for next year, and that's the way I look at it. But, no, I just got a passion for it this, that deep that I just – I'm thinking about it all the time, and I'm, when I go to bed, I'm hungry to get up the next morning and go do it again and hope to see the sky fall and just, you know, just – everything come alive that we've put hard work into. And I love to see the way that everything flows from when you pick your hunters up in the morning till you get to the duck blind, all the equipment's well maintained. And I'm lucky here, I got great people that works here with us, you know, and that are good at their job. And that's maintenance of the boats, the bikes, the four wheelers, the habitat helping us with us, the working control structures and water levels. It's all a team effort. It's not no one person does it. We can just, I'll probably point a finger me and drew more than everything and it's things that we listen to everybody everybody's got great ideas but we've tried a lot of them and we say well it may work it may not so we always open to learn and and try new things but most of it we've tried and we just we successful at it a certain way so we stick to that game plan and you know been guiding 26 years and you got to have great accommodations great hospitality and great hunting and we think we got all three so we try to the lodge staff over there they take care of me and they take care of all us so hopefully that the clients have a great time and great hospitality at the lodge and then we go out and kill a limited ducks and then that just gives you five stars in. another thing that i noticed without talking about it is you guys are there's, there's different levels. There's management, there's owners, there's bosses, there's, you know, you're, you've moved up in the ranks. Drew's moved up in the ranks. But what I see with guys like you and Drew is that you say that you will delegate. You say that you might point some fingers and, and you got guys underneath you that are going to do a job. But one thing's rest assured is that you and Drew are not going to not get in there and get dirty, whether it's up on an excavator, whether it's digging a new pond to train dogs in, whether it's plant, whatever it is, you're not going to ask somebody to do something that you're not ready to jump in there and do it with. And I kind of think that 
the values of Honeybreak are built on that, that everybody is a family, everybody's a team. I've been talking to Troy Link a lot the last couple of days, and I keep saying, how many employees do you have? And he stops me right there. He says, I don't have any employees. I have 5,000 team members. He says, we're a team, and we don't have employees. So that's kind of what I see here is that your guys' success is – achieved by that attitude of, hey, we are in this together. That's right. We're well, going yeah. to limit together. If one group gets four, but we get 30, we're still together. That's and right. It's, that's just, talk to me a little bit about how good it feels to work for an organization like that where you know you have that kind of support. You know, I mean, everybody says this, but I think i got one of the best team of guides in the country in this business. They work hard for me, and that's one thing I tell them all when they start or been here with me for years. I'll never ask you to do something that I wouldn't do or I haven't done. I'm just not going to do it. If it's go move 5,000 decoys because it flooded out or brush 10 blinds that day and pump them out, if I wouldn't ask you to do it if I hadn't done it before, and I promise we've me and Drew, we've done it before. So it's just I got – one great team you know they're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that these clients get the best experience and we are a team we all work together we're gonna uh, we all hope that the other one kills more than you do you know that's just the way we work we're gonna try to put make sure that it's all about the client here it's, it's not really about the guide, and that's the kind of a word I always tell them. I have a guide say something to me or something, say, well, yeah, but this will say, well, this, it's not about you. It's about that man that just come in that lodge right there. Which that's they who, do continuously. Yes, sir. That's who we're here to take care of as a customer. I've seen guys five years, 60 months I've been coming here. I've seen guides that weren't here the next season. Mm-hmm. I've heard you say, and I think, I, let me rephrase that. I think I remember you saying something along these lines, not verbatim or quote unquote, but tell me if I'm wrong. Did you say that you will retire here? Did you say that you're, that you will be with honey break until the day you quit duck hunting? I remember being in Nashville and you saying something along those lines or am I off? That's exactly right. You know, I, when I come here, I work for my dad and a family business and all that. And me and him sat down and discussed this 13 years ago. And he said, there's not a better place to go. You're local there. You live right close to it. You know that area as good as anybody. And you've you've walked to walk, talked to talk, and done it all. There's no doubt about it. He said, but if you go, and I did, and he said, you're going to eat it, sleep it, breathe it, and bleed, honey break. And it's that's what I Your do. Your dad told you this? Yeah. Why? That's right. Because well, of his, his values in you? That's that's just the way I was raised and our values. How cool is that? You know? He taught me that at a young age. I mean, he said, if you're going to do something, you put 100% into it. And that's what I did with duck guiding. and that's what I do with training dogs. I really don't have a lot of other hobbies. I just get ready for duck season every year and work dogs. If it don't have something to do with a duck, I really don't mess with it. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way that I am. I just, so if I a golf ball had a mallard on it, would you go golfing? I may knock it out the park. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you think about Drew Keith and your friendship mm-hmm. with him, your admiration yeah. for him, his admiration for you, your families. I've been to Drew's daughter's birthday party. Who was there? You and your wife and your family. Um, if you remember that, the fish fry. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is he? What is he like? Is he cut from the same thread that you are? Would you take a bullet for the man? Are you guys, do you have a, a different level of friendship? How strong is that bond? And could you do this without Drew? Well, me and Drew, we've been guiding together. This would be our 25th year. You know, we kind of we went separate ways when we first started because we've worked for the same person and started together. And I went off and started doing it on my own. And then he was 
selling boats and uh, had some leases. He was managing some property and this and that, and I was guiding it. And when this when this come up here at Honey Break, you know, it was a hard hard decision for me to make because I was doing it on my own, but I couldn't compete with this place. I mean, it's some of the best duck hunting in the area, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. I've been raised here, lived here in this area, and shot a lot of ducks and was fortunate my whole life to have great duck hunting spots in this area. And uh, when Drew called me about it and we've – We've been here from the beginning, and we're a team. And just like I tell everybody, uh, he's going to back me up, and I'm going to back him up, and we're going to stand back to back, and that's just the way that it is. He's going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of him, and, and uh, it's just the way that it is. And we're going to take care of our, as we said a while ago, and not our employees, our team and our guides and all that, but he's a boss, and I'm a boss on this side of it. And uh, it's never been one thing that he ain't asked me to do that I didn't do or I've asked him to do that he didn't do. And it's just uh, we've been through a lot together, and we hope that we both right here, as we said earlier, and retire right here from here and get to see it grow even bigger. And hopefully one day our kids work here and uh, and they get to shoot ducks in the same blinds that we shoot them in, that our dad shot them in or our uncle shot them in. And that's what we're building this place for. We're building, hopefully, a legacy right here that our kids get to enjoy it. Maybe even our grandkids get to come and shoot ducks ducks in the same tree blinds that we shot them in this morning well that's awesome how do you explain to somebody that doesn't get it if i walk up to you and i say i heard this podcast that you did with chad and you're off your rocker dude like you're crazy nobody has that much love for a duck Nobody has that much love for this heart of a living, this heart. I'm not saying that it's going to war. I'm not saying that we're protecting free. I know that there's a lot more important jobs than, than guiding duck, but you make this the ultimate, like this is everything to you. You've take ownership in this place. And I don't know if you're an owner on paper or not. doesn't matter. It's none of my business, but you for sure take ownership in this place. How do you explain Jared Moffat to somebody that says you're nuts? You're up at 4.30, 60 days in a row after spending countless hours in 100 to 110 degree heat down here on an excavator or running a water line or cutting what it putting fence up, whatever it is. How do you explain to somebody that this is life when you make something your job that you love so much? You probably don't work an hour, do you? You yeah. probably just live in life, right? Yeah. Well, there's, there's just, it's hard to explain. I tell people all the time, I said, it's just, you got to have that feeling. It's no feeling in the world like me to look up there in the heavens and they falling out of it. And then they stop and put their boots on and slide backwards a little bit and then turn that head and look. And when I say kill them, they pile them up. And then I get to leech over and look at that dog that I've worked so hard all summer and either say their name or say back, whatever I say. And it's just when the hair stands up on your arms right there, it's just that feeling that some people get out of catching a big bass, hitting a golf ball, hitting a baseball, shooting a bow, whatever. I don't know if they get the same feeling I get when I see somebody kill a duck and look over and he's got a smile from ear to ear, but it's just that feeling. It's nothing like it to me in the world. And that's what I work so hard all year for is to be able to do that. And I mean, I, I it's hard to say, but uh, I want everybody to kill ducks. Everybody in this whole area to shoot a lot of them. I just want to shoot one or two more a day than they do. <laughs> so, so you, do you worry about your competition anymore, or do you just stay in your lane and focus? On oh no, sorry, it ain't but one person I worry about, and that's that clients and the duck buying beside me. That's who I'm there to take care of that day. Because I promise you, if everybody else in this area is killing them, I'm killing enough of them too. Yeah. What do you love the most about it, it besides that clients? fulfillment 
Is it getting to say good morning to Miss Shelley and smelling that kitchen? Is it seeing that dog shake? Is it opening that thermos with some hot coffee? Is it the four-wheeler ride to the boat? Is it the boat ride to the blind? Is it the smell of powder? Can you pinpoint one thing that you could tell me is your absolute favorite part of your daily rigmarole here at Honey Break? One of my favorite parts, watching that dog come out that duck blind and pick him up and reaching up there when that call hits my hand and I hit him and I watch him do like it and then I hit him again and he does like it and then you hit him at last time and go to and he just does like it and the words when you holler, kill him boys. They pile him up. So it's, it's the just, dogs and the hunt. Yep. So what if you didn't have the baddest ass lodge in America and you didn't have one of the, I say, my opinion, the, one of the baddest ass cooks. I just ate Miss Shelly squirrel. She made squirrel gravy. <laughs> yeah. I've had squirrel. <laughs> yeah. I've had it in Louisiana. I've had it in Mississippi. I've had it in Arkansas. I think I had it in Southeast Missouri. I've never tasted it like I tasted it tonight. I've had her gator. I've had her steaks. I've had her, I mean, all of the culinary team here is amazing. They're very proficient. They're very good and passionate. But what if you didn't have all of that and you just had a little cabin and you had some guy named Harry cooking your meals and you had a shower and a toilet? Would the love still be there or does this place turn you on in a different way than just than just having a duck blind and clients in there, which is awesome too. But when you come on this campus... When you drive across that bridge and come around those trees around that last corner, this place is magic. It truly is. It really is an experience. Could you do it with the same amount of love and passion if you didn't have the HB logo on your chest? You couldn't do it and be as good at it as you are here. I mean, I've, 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 I've done it at places where the, shouldn't say this, but the rats would eat your cigarette packs if you left them laying by the bed. And you can't be as successful at it because this is a team. And we talked about tiredness and being tired and this and that. Yeah, that's, that's one reason we don't get as tired because Miss Shelley takes care of them there and Scott takes care of them there. We're a team. And the staff takes care of them at the lodge. And then we got a team that takes care of the maintenance of the boats and the bikes and the motors and the washing crew when you like me and drew first started 24 years ago when you had to do it all you are beat down pretty bad you gotta have a big passion for it big time because you're starting to walk around you know i tell my guides all the time you walk around and your head kind of goes down my guides are not going to be that they're going to greet you with a smile every morning and a big handshake maybe even a hug because i allow them to be able to rest and that's very important in this business to take care of them. They'll take care of you. And I, I want my guys to be able to rest. And that's because of the great staff that we have here that they're not overloaded with things to do. They take care of their business, and that's to make sure the, the clients are took care of in the duck blind and get to get, see good dog work and good calling and all their out in the field, their part of the entities took care of. And then we have a part at the lodge, a part at the – the shops and all that, and it just makes the whole chain come together and work better, you know, because you're not just, you're loaded, but you're not overloaded. How do you, with all of that optimism, Shelly, the, the crew, not being overloaded with duties because you guys have gotten to a positioning with the family and the crew to be able to have the right amount of employees to do the right amount of work every day. How do you handle a disgruntled client. And I'm not saying that you guys would ever cause a disgruntledness attitude in somebody, but 
in this world of outfitting and guiding, it's almost impossible not to have somebody not be happy if it didn't work out or they didn't fly today or you didn't call yeah. the shot at the right time or you know what I'm saying? Like, how do you handle it? Do you do you get defensive, Jared? Do you have you matured in your duck cutting career to where you can look at them and say, look, we're doing what we can. I know you and Drew. You guys don't pull the wool over people's eyes, but there's still going to be that client. It might be two. It might be eight. It might be 10 a year. N again, not by anything the Honey Break crew did. Yeah. How do you handle that? Well, I, I think the way I handle it is, I think I handle it well because if he thinks he's better than me, I don't brag about myself at all to nobody. But I got a lot of years of experience doing it and no days off and not missing any, hardly no days. I do it every day. I eat it, sleep it, breathe it. And I hadn't found him in the duck blind yet that's no better than I am, and I'm not bragging at no means. So I just kind of put it to him that way. And in my opinion, the reason I think they did it or why they ain't working or why they not finishing, and we're going to try to do it my way for a while, and then we'll try it their way. But we're sitting in our office in that duck blind where we go every day. Do you day. think most of your clients, Jared, respect you enough and the crew here to understand that you guys have 100% taken everything, like you mentioned before, in your control? You've That's taken right. care of it? Mother Nature, God above, might throw a curve. Today, overcast, high ceiling, no wind, warm, warm trend that comes through here. Um, there, torrential rain in the last 20, 14 days that has made it, you know, a lot of water, a lot of ducks spread out. Do most of your clients understand it's, that part of the game? That's right. It's, it's one of the safety meetings and a talk I give them every day. Hey, today we had a blind kill. You know, I don't discuss numbers a lot, but 28 ducks, 14, 24. My clients with me, they'd tell you if they were sitting here. I give them the opportunity to kill 24 ducks. They had the opportunity and they know that. But I can get them there, but I can't make sure that you're going to hit them and kill them. And they was good shots, you know. They had good, some good shots. It wasn't a great day of duck hunting, but they said it. They said, hey, we had the opportunity to shoot our limited birds today. We just missed some of them. And they, they understood that, you know. If we're going, we're going to better do the things we can control, as I say, and we're going to give you the best opportunity we can give you, and we're going to put all the work we can to in it. We're going to try everything we can do to make sure that we get a chance to harvest unlimited ducks. But some days it's just not going to happen. It's, it's got to irritate you a little bit to – I'm not – I'm I'm trying to keep the same theme of what we're talking about, but I'm bouncing around a little bit because I see the I, I see these like little intricacies with you that it makes me think of of things like this. You love duck hunting, but you've already accomplished this. You you've been there, done that here, Jared. Mm -hmm. You've done it all. You've been in every blind here. You know the flyway. You know what they're eating. You know where they're roosting. You know where they're loafing. You know what, what the weather's good. You know everything about this place. You've been doing it. You don't ever know everything. You sure? <laughs> I'm positive. Do you ever get I go ir every day to learn something. I love that. You got to be a sponge every day. Yep. Do you ever get irritated or upset that you're not in the trees of Arkansas, the Snake River in Idaho, the eastern shore of Maryland, Alberta? Do you ever sit there and go... I'm hunting the same place every day. No, Do you that love was, this place that much? That was a decision I made when I was 17 years old. I thought about it hard when I started guiding. I talked to my everybody. He said, you realize that you're going to be hunting the same blinds every day. So you've you're had this be, conversation. You're going to be taking people that a lot of them just as well, you just well be a kindergarten teacher because you're going to be taking people, some of them never touched a gun, you're going to be babysitting them the whole day. You're going to take a lot of avid hunters, you're going to take a lot of people that's never touched a gun. Are you sure this is what you want to do? And your passion's strong enough. And a few people married said, we really thought he may burn out in 10 years, but I didn't burn out. I just got to where I wanted to go more. 
That's amazing. I just, I just what if, want what it if, more and more and what, more. A lot of people ask me, I tell them, well, when you reckon you'll retire? I said, I probably won't retire, but I may cut back to hunt with my son a little bit more, a few more days a year than that, but we'll still be shooting ducks. You'll be a guide watch. in training. Yeah, that's right. I'll be building new guides. Would you be proud of your son if you become a waterfowl guide at Honeybreak? Oh, yes, sir. I sure would. Yeah. I want him to work dogs, and he is. He's passionate about it. He likes to work dogs. He likes to duck hunt, but it's all about fun. Now, let him have a good time and enjoy it, and I'm not going to burn him out on it because I can burn a person out on duck hunting. It ain't no doubt about it because that's all I think about do you have a hard time in your personal life i think i remember you also tell me i try to remember our conversations because we've had some good ones but you also said that you don't do a whole lot outside of, of anything and you said it today but with your wife y'all just pretty much hang right That's you right. might go to drew's house but if you're not working you're with the wife and family thinking about ducks that's right do you does it ever cut into your personal life for your wife does she ever just look at you and go are you serious we can't even freaking go to outback steakhouse tonight without you you know talking about ducks or being on your phone looking at the migration report she does do that every once in a while but she just knows it's, it was a way of life did she, to did me. she knew it when she signed up that's for it? right she she understood that and she knew that that's the way it was and she got explained and told that by my family and this and that say hey he, he's a real deal now that's all he's gonna worry about He's going to worry about when that first day of dove season is, teal season is, big duck season. That's the way I was raised, you know. I mean, that's the way my family raised me. We didn't go to we didn't go to certain things till the rice was out the field, until the duck blinds was ready, and this and that. And my grandpa told me one time. He said, "You want to know why they ain't killing, and you are." And I said, and "He said, well, main thing's hard work." But they was out in that bass boat fishing last weekend, and you was brushing your blind and putting out more decoys and working a little bit harder than that. And what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it, and you remember that. You already got the best spot. You got the duck hole. He said, you got the best spot already, but you're going to be able to harvest way more than they do because they're, just, they're not going to work as hard as you do. And I said, and that's the key in anything in life to me. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that are probably a lot better dog trainer than – some people I know, but if you're not as good as them at it, you got to work harder. Work harder. And that's Get just the way that I look at it. You know, if your duck blind is not as good as that one over there, then you just got to work a little harder at it. And you got to do a little more than that one does to be able to succeed. And we're the same way on this farm. We got duck holes and we got duck blinds. Well, these duck blinds has got to be worked a little bit harder than them duck holes because you can just go sit in them duck holes and kill them about pretty pretty daily but them duck blinds you got to really detail them and the precise work on 100 you know? yeah so when you start talking about this hard work that your dad and grandpa taught you about do you have to know somebody to get a job here if i come here and i want to be a guide do you have to know somebody is it political can you fill out an application and have just as much chance as the next guy is it word of mouth is it all recommendation well you know it's it's i mean we got we got guides here that's from all over the area and all over, you know, I got them from Mississippi. Well, quite a few from Mississippi. I got them from Missouri, uh, Arkansas. I had one from Iowa. And some of them, a lot of them, we kept it in the kind of good friends and people we all hunted together because we hunted the same area for a long time. But I do now take some outside guides because I have certain guides that are have stronger points than others. You know, I got certain guides that are better hunting here and know more about hunting this way and that way. But in me, I just I was a firm believer from the beginning. If you've been on that dirt your whole life, you're pretty good on that dirt. 
how long does it take for Jared Moffitt to know whether or not this guy is going to make it? Uh, usually, is it a day or is it a week or what? Usually it'll take a week to two weeks, and I'll know if he's got it or not. Even if it's August? If it's August. I so he could right be a world back. champion on a duck call. You don't yeah. really give a rat's ass. Uh, you, he's got to have something more. I could care less. You can be a world champion, but you got to know how to read them, eat it, think it, sleep it, go out there in that field and tell me how to do this and that and see what's in that field and all that. It's a, it's, you know, I know a lot of great duck callers, a lot of great dog handlers, a lot of duck killers, but – I don't know many that just want to know why they're there, why they come there, why they stay in there, what's the reason of that, you know, and just just study it, you know. And it's all to do with managing the habitat, holding ducks, not just having ducks day to day, holding ducks and, and the whole part of it to just go to that detail of it and just – you know, we'll never figure it all out because we can't think like him. But we're going to try real hard, me, you, and everybody that's the waterfowl people. That's, that's what we do every day is try to figure them out. You know, I have people call me every night. So what do you think about it in the morning? Don't know, but we're going to go. <laughs> that's, uh, I love that part about because, like you said, you learn something new every day. You're a sponge. And the ducks teach you something new every day. Yeah. Whether, whether they do something or whether they not do something, you're learning from them. That's right. And I have this slogan that you see you know, in some of our marketing is we merely exist in a duck's world, and I truly feel that you do. I truly feel that there's this mallard foot up there, and Jared's world is inside that mallard foot, and he just keeps twisting it whatever way he wants, and your mind's like, ah, oh, God. And they own us. They own us because it's like every day, every night, it could be July 1st, 4th of July weekend, you're like, I wonder what the ducks are doing. Mm-hmm. I better practice my call. Better go see if storm's okay. Got a, got a SRS this weekend. Every day. Once it mm-hmm. gets in your blood, you're smoked. That's right. We got to go eat. You're the man, Jared. I want to continue this someday. Soon. I know I'm running out of here tomorrow to get the shot show. You got nine days left until you go into a 24-hour depression before yeah. you get well, ready I'm gonna for next year. I'm going to head to Arkansas all day after that. Are you? It snows? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to go shoot them ducks in the last few days. They open them. Oh, you guys got groups ago. ending before the season ends. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. open longer than you? Yeah. Is it January 31st up there? Yeah, that's right. Tell me the weather, the sky, the wind, the temperature, and the flock. If your dad says this is your last flock, you yeah. never get to hunt again. Tell me what it is. If it's my last day of duck season, I woke up and I walked outside and I looked up. I want the stars shining bright with a north-northeast wind about 10 to 12 miles an hour with just pretty bluebird day. And there's one or two blinds I'd go to. And one of them's on this place and one of them's the place that I grew up hunting and watched thousands of them fall there. And we'd walk in there that morning and we'd kill a full limit of big bull spirit pintails when it was two of mine two apiece and a full limit of green heads and just get to watch good dog work and have four people that I grew up hunting with me that when you called the shot, they was going to kill two at least and maybe three or triple. And it was going to be, it's going to get right and tight and we was going to let them finish and put their boots on and do it right and get in there and walk out with a smile on our face and be ready to go back the next morning. And that's kind of what my grandpa told me one time. I hate to keep talking about it. My dad, you know, and he'd say, he'd look at me and he'd say, you know what's so lucky about you, son? I said, what's that? Oh, boy, he said, you get to go tomorrow. Tomorrow. 
But that last flock, if you said it was the last one, would be Sprig and Mallards. Yep, that's right. That's Jared Moffat, head waterfowl guide, habitat manager, Honey Break. Check out the Honey Break experience on the Realtree 365 app. Check out honeybreak.com to book your hunts. You've got to come experience this place. Live it, eat it, miss, eat, uh, meet Miss Shelley, and check out some of these recipes coming out of this culinary team at Honey Break. Everything from the duck hunting to the camaraderie. You're going to love every bit of it. I know John Party's been here. I know Dylan Scott's been here. I know Riley Duckman's been here. Drake White's been here. Leith Lofton, I've watched him play songs here. This place is like Disneyland for the duck hunter. Jared Moffitt, you the man. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Honey Break. Again, check them out on the Realtree 365 app with the Honey Break Experience TV show. Today's episode is also brought to you by Benelli, Simply the Best. Check out the new Super Black Eagle 3 as well as the M220 gauge, two of my favorites. They come in both right-handed and left-handed varieties. And check out Federal Premium Black Cloud and Black Cloud TSS for all of your duck and goose hunting needs. You can't go wrong with Black Cloud. Jared, thank you so much, brother. Good luck the rest of the season. You are the man. I love your attitude. You are so optimistic, and you're an inspiration. I appreciate you sitting down with me. Tom, hit that button. This is 2AM Logic. This song was written by yours truly. It's called My Foul Life. See ya. See ya.